can run, but you can't hide. It's far too late for that. Welcome to the dark side, where the night never ends. As Fangoria presents Dreadtime Stories with your host, Malcolm McDowell. I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples. And so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You remember the 80s? Big hair, heavy metal, slasher films? You don't have to have been there to know about those awesome times. I mean, it wasn't so different then from now. Girls and boys still went to the senior prom. Always a big night for a young couple. The night so many innocent kids first go all the way. Come on, Heather. Let's blow this pop stand. They're gonna announce the king and queen. Yeah, like it's gonna be us. Come on, baby. You promised. I know I promised, but I'm scared. There's nothing scary about love, babe. Nothing scary about growing up. It feels great. I didn't mean that. I mean, those killings. Hey, no worries. Your rod and his staff will comfort you. Tell it to the four couples that got slaughtered. Here, honey, get in. Sugar, those couples that got killed, they were all really old. 20s or 30s. Maybe, but it's couples. They were all, you know, making love when they got it. Yeah, they were doing it when they got chopped, but baby, it was in motels or out in Lover's Lane. Not in a school parking lot for shit's sake. You're not helping. Listen, prom night is special. 
It's a night for memories. Maybe we should just go back inside and... Let's make some memories. Rod. Rod, I don't know. I do love you. Oh, Heather, you doll. You are so beautiful. This is a memory I will never forget. Long as you live? Long as I live. Oh, Heather. Oh, man. Oh, Brad. Hey! Rod! Rod, he has a knife! Heather saw the killer's face. A thin face with one blue eye and one brown one. And a smile too wide for so narrow a face. And sadder than any smile should ever be. Then Heather was floating, flying, above the car, looking down at it, through it. Looking at the blonde-haired husk in the white blood-spattered prom dress. A husk that used to be her, as the blue-eyed, brown-eyed man flailed with the knife in the moonlight. Fangoria's Dread Time stories will continue in a moment. Now, back to Fangoria's Dread Time stories and Reincarnal. Let us leave those bad-to-the-bone 80s and return to modern times. Although the loft apartment in Chicago's old town, where a hipster crowd had gathered for a regular Friday night get-together, does possess a certain timelessness. Take hostess Nora Cheney, a lanky brunette in black, who might have been at home in the beatnik days of the 50s. A successful freelance commercial artist doing fine art on the side. Her guests, perching on second-hand shop furniture, have just watched a demonstration by Professor William Wyman, who sits beside Nora on a couch. Ugh, what did I say? Please, tell me I didn't embarrass myself. Are you all right? Well, to tell you the truth, Professor, I'm not sure. You should feel fine. I gave you a post-hypnotic command. You shouldn't remember a thing. I don't. But why are you guys staring at me like that? Honey, you just got a little worked up. Here, take this. A little white zin ought to bring you back to Earth. Thanks, Mary. Professor, you may have told me to forget, but I know I've been through something disturbing. It's... It's like a taste in my mouth from a, a meal I don't quite remember eating. I'm afraid we've taken advantage of how good a subject you are. My little hypnosis party games have been harmless so far. Last week was a hoot. You stretched out like a board with Ted sitting on your stomach, getting pins stuck in your arm without a twitch from you. Yeah, and putting those bananas in your purse before we went out to hear that band last week. <laughs> I'm afraid it was a mistake to try to regress you, my dear. No one really knows whether hypnotic regressions are merely the subconscious playing games or actual evidence of reincarnation. Play it back. What did I do? What, strip and dance around like Isadora Duncan? Listen, I won't be left out of the fun when I was the fun. Play it back. I think 
the thing that scares me most is how inexperienced I am. I mean, Rod's been around. He's worldly and stuff. I mean, I don't want to be a virgin forever, but what if I disappoint him? Here he comes. He wants to go out in the parking lot and do it right now. Girl, above Rod's cherry red Mustang, looking down at it, through it, like Supergirl's X-ray vision, and that terrible, thin-faced guy with one blue eye and one brown one, he's just stabbing at me, and... Oh, God! Stabbing, Turn that off! Stabbing, and... Come on, guys! You aren't buying this! What? You were faking it? Putting us on, huh? No, but... Well, who's to say you aren't the reincarnation of some poor murdered girl? Who's to say I'm not channeling some dumb slasher flick? That fractured fairy tale is proof against reincarnation. My subconscious is obviously having a field day. Well, you always had a thing about the 80s. You always said you were holding out for Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> and, uh, of course, our local media is understandably obsessed with this current wave of Chicago Ripper murders. The papers and TV likening this serial killer to the notorious Lover's Lane Slayer, who terrorized the Chicago suburbs back in the 80s and was never apprehended. Some part of my brain obviously assembled these elements from my 80s obsession with Halloween-type movies to these current murders. I'm surprised I didn't go on to say that Heather, in her blood-spattered prom dress, has been seen haunting high school parking lots ever since. <laughs> Maybe that's enough fun for one week. The street level of Nora Cheney's building is a feminist bookshop run by her friend Mary Dale. Mary is Nora's closest confidant, and the next morning they sit in the little coffee shop area for their usual mid-morning gabfest. Nora, child, you look terrible. Thanks, I knew I could depend on you to cheer me up. What's wrong? I had a dream last night. You know how even the most vivid dream is gone within moments of waking up? Sure. Well, this one won't go away. Mary, I need to tell somebody. So, tell. I'm a blonde woman, about 30, and I'm making love to a gray-haired man in the cramped front seat of a sports car. He's married, and I'm married, but not to each other. We don't speak of that, but it's there with us in the parked car like a silent observer. But the lovemaking, it's wonderful. Waves of pleasure building and building until I'm screaming. I'm starting to get why you remember this one. Then through the open car window, a butcher knife flashes and slashes and I feel it enter me, plunge into my chest and I'm still screaming, but a different kind of scream. And I look up at the face, the thin face with the blue and brown eyes with the awful smile. The man you saw under hypnosis. My lover, the gray-haired married man, the killer plunges the knife right into him, again, and again. Terrible. And then the killer reaches in and pulls up my dress and takes my panties off, almost gently. But I'm already floating away, 
looking down through the car as the slashing starts back in, but I feel no more pain, and I look away, and up, and... And I woke up. Middle of the night, 3.33 a.m., and you can bet I didn't get back to sleep. Honey, can I say something? Sure. This dream, that regression vision or whatever, I'm probably the only person you ever told the truth to, right? Right. That you're a virgin. It's no crime to be a virgin at your age, but that dream, that regression, it's all about your weird guilt and curiosity about sex. Well, we know I'm not a lesbian. We tried that experiment. <laughs> right. Look, I, I gotta get back to work. You wanna chill out here? Should I flip on the TV for you? Sure. Construction is expected to continue until at least mid-September. The so-called Chicago Ripper has apparently struck again. The bodies of Teresa Gibson, 37, and Robert Haller, 45, both of Naperville, were found in Haller's parked car. Time of death is estimated at 3.30 a.m. We'll return to Fangoria's Dreadtime Stories after these words. Hi, I'm Carl Amari. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, The Whistler, and Abbott and Costello, consider joining the Classic Radio Club. Each month, members receive 10 of the greatest classic radio shows of all time. As curator, the 10 shows I select will be the best sound quality and the most popular, along with a rare show sprinkled in to add to the fun. I'll also send you historical liner notes, plus photos of the radio stars. Members also receive an email each week with a link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show. The links never expire, so you can listen to Hollywood 360 whenever you'd like. The first month membership fee is only $1, with each additional month under $10. And you can cancel at any time with no obligation. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you're supporting this show, so we thank you very much. Join the Classic Radio Club at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. Now, back to Fangoria's Dread Time Stories and Reincarnal. Nora Cheney writes off her disturbing dream as her imagination running wild. Until Monday, when photos of the murdered couple appear in the papers and she finds herself staring at the faces in her nightmare. She calls her mentor, Professor Wyman, at the university and tells him of her concerns. I think you should go to the police. They'll laugh at me. You have to try. Besides, law enforcement has been known to work with psychics. Is that what I am? My dear Nora, I don't know. I dare not even guess. But I do know I wish I'd never put you under at that party. Nora speaks to Detective Lisa Winters a no-nonsense woman in her thirties with short blonde pixie hair, thick glasses and a haggard look of a working mum. Detective Winters listens patiently, trying not to show her boredom. Then one detail sparks her to life. How did you know the Ripper collects the panties of his female victims? I told you I 
dreamed it. Yeah, you said that. I... I also have a drawing. What? I'm a commercial artist. I thought this might be helpful. I used watercolor because of his eyes. One's blue, one's brown. May I make a photocopy of this? Sure. There's something you need to know. Yes? You're a suspect now. Suspect? Uh, let's call it person of interest. You see, Ms. Cheney, you know a key detail about these murders that's been withheld from the media. That means you might be connected to these crimes, somehow. Is that what you think? I think you're sincere. Perhaps even psychic. I also know that I'm not sure what to do with you. If I report our conversation up the food chain, well... Please, don't. I'm just trying to help. Here's my card. Work and home number. Uh, but let me write down another number here. Rich Mathis. Doesn't he write for... A certain local weekly that a lot of my colleagues call a liberal rag? Yes, but he's done several damn good articles about these slayings. Why not the mainstream media? Because, frankly, you won't be taken seriously. Now, Rich Mathis, he just might print your story. And your drawing. I'm not looking for publicity. I know you aren't, but my hunch is you're trying to do the same thing I am. Help stop this bastard. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Thanks for meeting me, Mr. Mathis. Make it rich, if I can call you Nora. Please. You know, we have some mutual friends. I know, I buy books from your downstairs neighbor. You buy feminist books? There's a couple lesbian mystery writers I follow. I like women. I like women too, as friends. Anyway, we have mutual acquaintances and we're both freelancers, so... So, let's call the ice broken, okay? Detective Winters says you may have an interesting sidebar on the Ripper story. That's right. But when you hear it, you may take me for a flake. Maybe, but you seem like a nice enough flake, and I'm blogging every day about the Ripper case, so what do you have? Nora knows she isn't being taken very seriously, but when she mentions the Ripper collecting the female victim's panties, Rich Mathis perks up. Detective Winters mentioned that detail to me. Off the record. I guess holding back key information is common in cases like this. Yes, it is. Uh, now, this watercolor of yours, of the killer you see, I want to put this on the blog and interview you. I'm afraid you haven't heard it all yet. No? No. It started at a senior prom 30 years ago. It was with a boy. They worked together, mostly at Nora's apartment, for three days. Mathis decides to hold a story for the next print edition of the paper. Okay, it's a done deal. Just email the story in with your drawing as an attachment. But not my name. Come on, let's sit on the couch. I told you, promised, your identity is a secret but that watercolor will appear under a headline, Is This Man the Ripper? What have we done? What do you mean? I have the sick feeling I've just made a colossal ass of myself. Yeah, but with my help. So you're exploiting me? Well, spending three days with you in close quarters, I'd be lying if I didn't admit exploiting you hadn't crossed my mind once or twice. No. I'm sorry. No. I can't, Rich. I'm sorry, but I told you. I told you. I understand. It's not like I'm frigid or anything. I'm fine up until... The moment of truth? Yes. Yes. Then I feel this icy chill. I understand. I really do. You do? Think about it. This difficulty of yours. Hang up, you mean. I should never have told you. Almost 30 and still... Virgin? Not a dirty word. Nora, this hang-up may mean that you really were Heather in a former life. The life immediately previous to this one. Oh, Rich, you can't be serious. Hey, I'm a journalist. That makes me a combo of cynicism and open-mindedness. I'm merely positing that the trauma of Heather's death at a moment of sexual discovery that turned into bloody horror may be something that you carried along into this life. 
Suppose there's something to this. What the hell am I supposed to do about it? I'm going to give the reporter's answer. Okay. Find Heather. See if she existed. Maybe if you can come to terms with who you were, you can come to terms with who you are. Professor Wyman, Will? Nora, uh, come in, come in. I'm not interrupting. I hate bothering you at school. I'm uh, just reading some very dull papers. Uh, sit, sit. Professor, uh, what would you say to putting me under again? This time we try for a place and a date for Heather's prom? A fishing expedition? Call it that. Understand, Nora, it's rather typical for regressed subjects to resist giving certain details, including last names, just as it's very typical for a subject to immediately seize upon a traumatic incident in regression, like Heather's violent death. But why have I carried this with me into this life, particularly my connection with my murderer? Sometimes when a life is cut short, according to one theory, we carry an agenda of sorts into our next one. A job left undone. You mean we keep coming back till we get it right? Or wrong. Who's to say someone evil, cut short in the midst of his or her evil pursuits, might not try to continue on in a future incarnation? Only this murderer is still on the same life. He's older now. But he has the same blue and brown eyes and the same sick... hobby. Might I make a suggestion? Let's listen to the recording of your regression again, perhaps several times. See what images come into your mind. See if you can latch onto something specific. All right. Do you have time to do that now? Of course. I'm all in favor of your effort to substantiate this psychic link to the Ripper. Shall we begin? They listened to the recording of the party game that had turned so sinister, and after the second time through... Professor, I got a strong image of the high school gym where that prom was held. It's a real place. At your own high school? That would be a natural... No, not my high school. I'm seeing a school gym in Geneva, Illinois. It's a little town outside Chicago. <laughs> yes, I know where it is. Uh, why would you recognize that particular location? Please don't tell my hipster friends, but I was a cheerleader. We had basketball games at the Geneva High Gym several times. Still, your subconscious may just be filling in or... Or Heather really did go to Geneva High. Hmm. Okay, I ran with that one little detail, Geneva High School, and our assumption that sometime in the early 80s a murder may have taken place. And? That original suburban ripper is getting a lot of play today. Some say this is the same killer after a 30-year hiatus. Others think it's a copycat. Okay, but what does that have to do with... The original ripper's last victims were Heather Meeker and Rod McRae of Geneva, Illinois. But... But the media's been covering those old murders. That means... You might have read something about those killings, just glanced at a newspaper, seen the faces of the victims, maybe the names. 
I could buy that if I hadn't also had the dream predicting the most recent killing. I don't think you predicted, Nora. I think you witnessed it. <laughs> Through some kind of what? Psychic empathy with this monster's other victims? And with the monster himself. It's not his point of view I'm seeing. I died in that regression, Rich, and I died in the dream. Nor does the date May 30th, 1981 mean anything to you. Well, yes. It's my birthday. I was born just before midnight. Why? Maybe nothing, but, um... What? That's the night Heather and Rod were killed. So... So I am her. We can't know that. Look, I've done some digging, made some calls. You up for a day trip? That afternoon, Nora accompanies Rich Mathis on a day trip to Geneva, a lovely little town of quaint shops and restaurants and bike trails, and another trail that leads through the streets of the prairie-style turn-of-the-century homes to a very modern facility, a nursing home. Heather's father died 10 years ago. Her mother's been here for the last eight years, Alzheimer's patient. Hi, can I help you? I'd like to speak to Mrs. Meeker. Okay, you're welcome to try. We encourage visitors, but I'm afraid Mrs. Meeker hasn't spoken a coherent word in years. How serious is her dementia? It's a sad situation. She's only in her 60s, but seems older. She can eat and feed herself. She can make it to the bathroom with the aid of a walker. But that's the extent of her existence here. The woman in the small private room is a frail, tiny, balding baby bird of a human. She sits in an armchair watching a television with a game show playing and the sound turned off. Mrs. Meeker? You have a visitor. My name is Nora Cheney, Mrs. Meeker. I hope we might talk. Oh, oh, oh. She's, she's holding her oh. arms out to me. Rich, Rich, what should I do? Go to her. Heather. My darling Heather. You've come to visit me at last. Nora holds the old woman in her arms, and then for an hour or more, sits just holding Mrs. Meeker's hand. Now and then, the old woman, whose dim eyes seem bright now, speaks the name Heather, her smile angelic. Excuse me, but it's getting late. Visitors have to go. Oh, don't leave! Heather! My little angel, don't go. I'll be back. Mother? I asked that nurse if Mrs. Meeker ever mistook a female visitor for her daughter before. She's never reacted that way with anyone else. Are you all right? Yeah, I fell asleep. That's fine. You're not driving. 
but, uh, Nora, what the hell is it? I'm a redhead. In a flight attendant uniform. I'm doing a kind of strip tease for this older man in his 50s, but with a lot of plastic surgery and too dark hair for his age. Another dream. I strip slowly. Then I go over to the bed and I just as slowly unbutton his shirt. Now I'm stripping him. I tuck his pants down, then his shorts, and I'm... I'm... pleasuring him when the door opens, must have forgot the night latch, and the man with the thin face and the blue and brown eyes comes in, slams the door, rushes over, and there's no time to scream before the butcher knife comes down. Are you all right? He kills couples who are having sex. I, I get that, but why me? The oldest virgin in Chicago. I doubt the oldest. Prettiest, maybe. Take me to Detective Winters. I have to tell her. Good idea. We just had a report that at a motel near O'Hare Airport, a maid has discovered two bodies with the Ripper's usual M.O., missing panties and all. I feel so helpless. I can't take you to the crime scene. My superiors aren't crazy about that article our friend Rich here published. A lot of people around the PD know I feed Rich tips time to time. Then how can I help? Do I have to draw you a picture? You're the artist. So the couple goes back to the loft apartment, and Nora makes two more watercolors. One of a redhead, a flight attendant, and the other of an older man who had thought he'd gotten lucky. She emails the new pictures to Winters, who promptly calls her. Crime scene photos in your watercolors are a match, all right. So much so, I wish I could circulate that drawing you did of the Ripper to every cop in the city. Why don't you, then? Cops can't pick up a suspect on the basis of a dreamer's drawing. Never mind getting laughed out of court. I couldn't pick the bastard up in the first place. You could shadow him, or... Look, I appreciate what you're doing. Stay in touch. Why don't the police do something? I've handed them the bastard. Maybe they will pretty soon. What do you mean? Come over here and sit on the couch with me. I just got a text message. We've had several calls at the paper saying a man closely resembling your sketch has been seen in Evanston. You think there's something to it? Well, one caller spoke of noticing the man had one blue eye and one brown one. Damn! Do you think Detective Winters would pay attention to that? Probably not. But I'll drive around Evanston tomorrow myself and show the picture around. The police should be doing that. Hey, it's what I should be doing. I'm the reporter cracking this case, remember? There could be a book in it, and then maybe I could afford to take in a roommate. Anybody special in mind? I like that idea you had, running a classified in my paper. Maybe I can save you some money. Do you uh, think maybe now that you've proven the Heather Meeker connection that uh, maybe you could lay your demons to rest? I don't know about my demons. I, uh, I never made love to a virgin before. Can't it be painful for you first time? 
Don't worry about it. I lost mine riding a bike. Mm -hmm. oh. That's what they all say. <sighs> Oh, second time was even better. Just wait till the third. Rich, do you think... What? Nothing. It's just the visions, the dreams. They've all been sexual. I wouldn't say sexual exactly. Sex interrupted by violence, certainly. Now that you've helped me overcome my sexual hang-up... You're welcome. Will the vision stop, do you think? Possibly, or maybe they'll manifest themselves in some other way. I mean, the psychic floodgates obviously open. Oh, I hope not. Well, try it out. Quit talking and go to sleep. Sure. Easy. Just try not to dream. We'll return to Fangoria's Dreadtime stories after this. And now, back to Fangoria's Dreadtime stories and the conclusion to Reincarnal. Good morning. Oh, don't tell me you cook, too. Full service. How do you like your eggs? Scrambled. Sit. I'll bring you coffee. Any dreams? Only of you. Oh, nice to hear. Um, I'm going out to Evanston today. Prowl around that neighborhood where that guy was spotted. The one who looks like you're drawing. Wish I could go along. I have a deadline on an art assignment. Oh, this is just tedious reporter stuff. But, um, if you go out, take care. I brought you a gun. What? Ever used one before? No! Not in this lifetime. I'll give you a quick tutorial after breakfast. Little snubby 38. Should fit in your purse. Here's your breakfast. This talk of guns, sort of losing my appetite. I can't be with you all the time, Nora. I wasn't mentioned by name in your article. I know, but if this madman found out who you were somehow, well, humor me. Take the gun. All right. Rich Mathers drives to Evanston and pokes around. And almost everyone he speaks to says the same thing. Nora's picture resembles a man who works as a janitor at First Christian Church. Yes? Pastor Davis? I need to speak to your janitor. Is he in? Delbert's out running some errands, but should be back shortly. May I be of help? I'm Rich Mathis, reporter. Uh, Delbert's been mentioned as someone who might have witnessed a crime, and I'd like to chat with him about it. Well, that sounds a little ominous, but uh, Delbert should be back shortly. You mind me asking what sort of a fella he is? Quiet, devout, couldn't ask for a better servant of the Lord. Simple soul. Lives right here in a little apartment in the church basement. Well, thank you for your help, Pastor. I'll stop back later. 
But the reporter doesn't really leave. Instead, he slips down a side stairway into the basement, where off a banquet room, he finds the janitor's quarters near the furnace. as hell in here. Homemade bookshelves, religion, philosophy, no fiction, no porn, no TV. As Rich Mathis studies Bible school style print of Jesus above the janitor's cot, Nora, after an afternoon of work, is napping, dreaming. Alone in a small room, in a basement, dreary, dank. Chest of drawers filled with men's clothing, work clothes, a suit, all looking vaguely goodwill. In a bottom drawer, I find scrapbooks. I open one, and I see newspaper clippings. The clippings are yellowed at first, getting progressively whiter with each book. They start in Chicago moved to Detroit, then to San Diego, then Omaha, and always the same. Slains, couples butchered, and the bottom scrapbook is one in progress. The return of the Chicago Ripper. I glance up at the mirror over the bureau. I am Rich Mathis. <gasps> Rich. Nora wakes knowing Rich is in danger. This is Rich Mathis. Please leave your number and message. Evanston. Rich went to Evanston today. And that cement sanctum, it is in Evanston. Nora puts the gun Rich gave her into her purse and goes down to the street and hails a cab. Where to, lady? Evanston. Where in Evanston? Just Evanston. Okay. But in Evanston, she begins giving the cab driver directions. Turn right, turn left, stop here. At the church. She rushes up the stairs and inside, brushing past her past her, going down the stairs until she is in that room near a furnace. And there is Rich on the floor, bleeding holding his chest, with a man in coveralls kneeling over him with a butcher's knife in hand, a thin-faced man with one blue eye and one brown. Rich! Nora! Oh, you! Turn around! Now! Who, who are you? Put the knife down! No! Who are you? Don't you remember me? I remember you! You and your one blue eye, another brown. I'm gonna kill you! Oh. Oh. Please. Please, please don't. I'm a good man. I punish sinners. Why, you look like you're praying. Do you pray for forgiveness from your victims here in this little monk's chamber? Why don't you ask me for forgiveness? Don't you remember me? 
I'm Heather. What? Heather Meeker. I came back for you. Heather, you, you are a bad girl. No, I wasn't. You're wondering why I don't pick that knife up and make you suffer too? Like you did me and so many others? Well, I don't want you to suffer. I just want you to go away. Just get the hell out! What's going on in there? Call 911. We need an ambulance. Rich, darling. No. You're gonna be fine. I know. You're gonna be fine too. A week later, Nora Cheney brings Rich Mathis home from the hospital to her loft apartment. All right, let's get you to bed. That's a great offer. Just not sure I'm up to it. We'll get you up to it. But we don't need to intrude upon this happy reunion, do we? We're not madmen with butcher knives lurking outside a window. No. Surely our dreadtime tale is done. Almost. Rich. Huh? What? Oh, I had a dream. Uh, really? Mm, that right? But I wasn't a specific person this time. I was just a presence in a white room. Doctors standing around a table, a mother, feet in the stirrups. It's a delivery room. Baby born. That's a nice dream. No, it isn't. The birth whale, it... It was like a scream of rage. Just a nightmare, honey. Go back to sleep. No, Rich. You don't understand. He's back. More from Fangorio's Dread Time stories in a moment. Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler, with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Reincarnal was adapted for radio by Max Allen Collins and based on his short story. Heard in the cast were Elizabeth Lado, Kurt Nabig, David Darlow, Leslie Bevan, Joby Cerny, Haley Nabig, Josh Baker, Bree Schwartz, Jim McCants, Lisa Wolfe, Ellie Weingart, Kay Eller, and Carol Amari. 
Fangoria's Dreadtime Stories with host Malcolm McDowell is a copyrighted radio feature produced and directed by Carl Amari. Executive producer, Thomas DeFeo. Associate producer, Chris Rowe. Sound design, custom Foley effects, recording, and editing are produced in the Cerny American Sound to Picture Theater by sound designers Craig Lee, Bob Benson, and Tim Cerny. Original music composed and conducted by Chris Alexander. Join us next time on the dark side, where the night never ends, for another fascinating story presented by Fangoria Magazine. Jim McCants speaking. <laughs>